This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. I'm here with Dahlia Fami, owner of Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy, where they specialize in rehabilitation of police and fire. Hi, Dahlia. Hi, Vince. How are you? Thanks for having me back. So what do or what can our members do to come in and see you guys? Really easy, Vince. They just call us up and make an appointment. So, and I can guarantee they won't be disappointed. And usually people definitely learn a lot about their bodies while they come see us. Uh, Sports and Ortho is a private practice specializing in the care of police and fire members. You can look them up at sportsandortho.net. Call them to make an appointment. Dahlia, thanks again for being here. One last question for you. What if it's a work injury? That's a good question. So you can still ask for us. We're part of the City of Chicago Workers' Compensation Network. So there should be no issues if we are requested. Thanks, Dahlia, for being here and educating us about the importance of prevention. Always a pleasure, Vince. Thanks. Engine 1, Engine 4, Truck 2, Truck 10. Ambulance 82, Battalion 2, Fire 1020 North Main, help is on the way. It's a selfish motivation to just feel good inside. A positive feeling for firefighter Kurt DeGroote. The Oak Forest Fire Department launched the Fire Buddies program three years ago out of a need to do something for kids they meet on calls who are battling challenging illnesses. I had an idea of well, these little guys like fire trucks, like why not? Let's bring a fire truck over, let's go hang out. If they're healthy enough, we'll play catch. If they're not, we'll play a board game. We'll do whatever it takes. For fire buddy Pablo Flores, it was all about his love for soccer. Flores was diagnosed with a form of bone cancer that forced him to have his leg amputated. He thought his soccer days were over, but fire buddies gave him a chance to live his dreams by taking him to a playoff game for the Chicago Fire. Kurt approached me about having doing this for Pablo. Uh, he is older, so it was kind of, it's harder to, you know, for a younger kid I can see, but for them to go the extra mile to fit it into someone who's his age, it was absolutely amazing. Just give you something to look forward to, because you have all this bad stuff happening, so it's something just nice that you get to experience that you've always wanted to experience. Firefighters, paramedics, lieutenants, and chiefs all donate their time to give kids an uplifting experience. Every time we go out for the fire buddies, whether we go to a house or they come here, um, it is nothing but smiles and, and, and open hearts and, and open minds. It's been one of the best experiences in terms of giving back that I think that we can do. You feel good when you can go above and beyond. So I like that high that you get from it, you know, and it's, and in the same sense as if you can do something that actually changes somebody's life, make them, just make their day, you know, just to smile at somebody. It's a smile, but that's not all. Fire Buddy's also working on a fill the pack program that's collecting school supplies for more than 200 youngsters this summer. Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. So today with us, we have Kurt and Ryan from Project Fire Buddies. Uh, thanks, guys, for coming in. Hey, thanks for having us, man. It's an honor to have you, to be on the show with you guys. Um, you guys definitely have the legends of the fire service here, so to be in this room is pretty incredible. How uh, How is your ride in? 
uh, to the north side of Chicago? Uh, it was Brutal. pretty miserable, <laughs> but we got here, so that's good, right? It, it was pretty miserable for m- me on the way to the studio, and uh, Vince said he already misses COVID. So, <laughs> yeah, right. That was right. the one nice yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I have to say, is that that traffic is. It, Within the last two weeks, it's like everybody's coming out now, and it is it is brutal. I can't imagine what you guys did. So just a uh, point of information for the listeners, today is the official reopening of the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois. So everybody's out doing their thing right now. Well, yep. cheers Thank to that, God. boys. Cheers. Thanks for cheers. coming in. Oh, Steven. So, Kurt, would you say like you're the ringleader of uh, Project Fire Buddies? Um. It's definitely a team effort. Um, I'm the founder of Project Fire Buddies. I started it in 2016, officially. So I read that in December 2016 is when you get you, were you on the run with the the cancer kid who had a fever? It was just a, came in as a a fever, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like like anybody in the job, uh, we have those calls where you come back and you have that empty feeling, you know, it's like, and they kind of stick with you. You know, I, I always say... It's like eating bad fish, you know. It sticks around for a while, you know, and, and I don't eat fish. So Vince eats a lot of bad fish. Yeah. So I love sushi. So you know, you, you're sitting back at the house, and and you have that like feeling in your gut, like, man, I wish I wish we could have done more. You know, I mean, I mean, we all have those things on full rest or whatever, you know, and you feel empty. You know, there was a loss of life or whatever it may have happened. You know, but with that, when it's a little kid and you see the strength in them. And you see, you know, just just look in their eyes, look in the parents' eyes, and then you come back to the firehouse, and it's like, man, what can we do? We got to do something. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of, I, I know exactly what you're feeling because I worked at Children's for a while, and it was kind of the same thing. I had, like, this short interaction, and it's like the strength of these little kids is amazing considering what they're going through. Without a doubt. So, actually, I'm going to segue into your. I knew you worked there. So. Oh, did you really? Oh, yeah. We, we, we heard about you. Me. Wow. So. Hold on a second. We the guests finally did the, the <laughs> research now. Uh, actually, so um, I was on shift when I came back from that call, and the guy I talked to was Steve Urban. Okay. And you might know Steve from <laughs> I, Children's. I know him very much. Yeah. yeah. Steve, we, we call him Doc. We call him other names behind his back. But <laughs> no, I'm joking. Steve's, Steve's our lieutenant, and he's great man great man but steve was actually the guy that i was bouncing the ideas off of you know and i'm like yeah he works in a hospital you know so he's like this guy would give me some ideas and what can we do and he's like well you can't because you can't do this because of hipaa and you can't do that because of hipaa and i'm like well can't you see where they live and he's like no we don't get to see that you know and i'm like (laughs) well what if it's for a good reason can you still do it you know and he's like hipaa doesn't care if it's for a good reason you know and i'm like all right we got to figure something out you know and he's like well what do you want to do he goes you have to understand I was still young in my career, like as far as uh, full time. So I'm like, there's got to be something we could do, man. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I, I don't know yet. I, just give me a minute. I need to fester about it for you a while. You wanted to do something. You just didn't know what, what it is. Didn't you know how to execute it, you know? Right. Um, so I, I went home and I talked to my wife and my wife's my best friend. So awesome lady. You know, I've had her. We've been together for, jeez. A long time. I thought I thought Ryan was your best friend. <laughs> yeah, dude. Right. Come well, on. Well, he's 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 my other wife. Well, how can you so, know, bring you? You know what? Next time, bring the wife. Yeah, right, leave Ryan yeah. at home. Yeah, okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean she. Uh, you know, we've been together since high school. So, uh, high school sweethearts. 
and the high school sweethearts, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> we were, we were, uh, we were, we were, she's always, she was my best friend through high school, you know, and you date other people and, you know, I, you know, I, I was dating girls that were like that shiny new penny, you know, like they seem like cool girls and, and she was dating other guys and, and then I realized she's a hundred dollar bill. You know, like the hundred dollar bill in a bag of pennies. Huh? Yes, yes. Now I'm just a shiny nickel, so sorry, babe, you lost out. But it was, it was. Uh, I benefited. We that. all eventually outkick our coverage. So yeah, right, 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 right. Absolutely. So, anyways, I I got off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. Oh, that's uh, all right. That's all right. Uh, so it, going back and forth, couldn't figure out what to do. I was bouncing ideas off of her, and she's like, "Why don't you just hang out with them, spend time with them?" You know. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So I went to my chief and said, hey, I want to try to start something. Can I do it? You know, and he's like, just let me know and go for it. So that's where it began. <laughs> I just realized I just did what you told me not to do. No, that's <laughs> right. right. Uh, sorry. That gets easy to do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So I went to my chief, tried to figure out what to do. And uh, again, I just got off probation. And so, you know, trying to come up with an idea, a new program, Firehouse Life is, this is what we do. We've always done it, you know, and any kind of change is a little bit of resistance to say. A hundred years of a tradition unimpeded by progress. Yes, yes. And then you got some new guy here, you know, (laughs) we got this new guy and uh, he thinks he's going to try something new, you know. So there was a little bit of uh, resistance there. Um but once it started rolling forward, everyone started seeing the benefits, you know, it's, and when, when everyone started seeing that, you know, it, it, it's, everybody started embracing it. And that's when it became the team effort. So 2016, you know, we, we started small, we went to, uh, reached out to the kid's family, you know, on a next call, cause it was kind of a recurring call. And, um, I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe we can come by and hang out, do something cool like that. How old was this kid? Ooh, eight years old. So, and he was uh, battling leukemia. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe we can come out and hang out. So the one thing that helped, helped me understand, because I didn't look at it that way, is my wife helped me understand. She's like, they look at you guys like celebrities. And I'm like, okay. And we all know, all the guys on a job are like, no, we're just laborers. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're nothing special, but. We're not we're, even laborers. <laughs> yeah, right, right. At times we are. <laughs> So when they saw that and everything, you know, and I started getting in that mindset, and I'm like, okay, cool. So we'll go over there, we'll bring the trucks over, engines over, ambulance, all that stuff, and we'll play some games, you know. We, we did some air hockey and wiffle ball, water gun fights, you know, stuff like that, and things were going really well. It was cool. Family liked it. The kid was smiling. So when we started doing that stuff, we started getting more children, you know, and it started started growing. It was so good. how did you start getting more children? Did you, were you looking for, for kids? Did you reach out? Hey, let us know if you, you know, somebody, how'd you get to these kids? So that was the tough part. And that yeah. still is the tough part. So like back in the day, at least when I was younger, which was a long time ago, but, <laughs> um, I, I, we all got our information from the newspaper, right? Or the channel 10 news, right? And it's not the case anymore. People don't read the newspaper very often or you might have a percentage that doesn't newspaper percentage that does the news, percentage that does social media, and that percentage that just gets information from their friends, you know? So it's like, how do we reach these people? So started reaching out to the schools, went to like the counselors, the principals and stuff like that. 
And when I was talking to them, I'm like, hey, uh, we got this little program. This is what we do. If there's any families that are interested, give them my phone number. And that's how it started to build. All right. So you were saying you uh, you got a lot of uh, help from the schools. Yeah. So the schools were I get a lot of information from, you know, the, the counselors, the nurses, you know, and and the principals. And the important part is staying active with the schools, which is sometimes tough because the schools have a lot to handle. I mean, whether you like teachers or you hate teachers, teachers are great. They, they you know, they're, they're there for our youth and they're busy. You know, do you only have one elementary school in your uh, year still? Ten, Ten schools total in Oak really? Forest. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of schools going over there and. But the problem was is some kids are outside of Oak Forest, but they go to Oak Forest, and it's kind of a weird dynamic, you yeah. know, where the school, where the lines are. So as we tried reaching out and different things, uh, it started, you know, we started gaining some steam. And then we got kind of like that curveball, you know. Uh, we got a kid that was 17 years old. Now, he's a soccer star at the high school. Is this Pablo? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, soccer star at the high school. Great kid. Um had bone cancer. He had to have his leg amputated. So, now if I put my mindset in that kid's mindset at that time, like, in his mind, soccer's my world, right? I know how I was in high school, you know? It was like, yeah, it was football, baseball, everything, you know? And he just got that strip from him, you know? So, and I knew the family beforehand. So it's a great family, you know? His mom and dad are great, his brothers are great, and when I got that, I'm like, can't bring a fire truck over to a 17-year-old's house. That's not so cool. <laughs> so he he knows we're just laborers, you know. I'm like, how do we do this? Uh, so, I, I, it, again, uh, my other job, I usually have a long commute and a lot of, a lot of drive time, a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of praying and listening to music and singing, you know, and what can we do here, you know, and... Uh, I got the idea. I'm like, okay. So we went from just playing games, you know, and the mindset I've always used when I started this was go big or go home. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to reach out to the Chicago Fire soccer team. Let's see what they can do, and let's just see what happens. So I reached out to them. I gave them the backstory, sent an email, and they called me back. I was shocked. You know, and they, they called me back, and they're like, hey, uh, what do you want to do for this young man? And I'm like, well... I'm thinking go big or go home, so let's put him on the field, let him meet the players, let him hang out, you know, give his whole family tickets, front row, like, and they kind of laughed at me, you know, they're like, <laughs> they're like, no, seriously, I'm like, no, seriously, I'm not kidding, like, that's, that's what we should do, you know, I'm like, and then I put them in the mindset, I'm like, listen, listen, this is a kid's story, this is what this kid's done, this is what happened to him, I'm like, put a smile on his face, you know, it's not going to cost you guys anything. You know, and if anything, it's good promotion. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to talk to some people about that. She goes away. A couple, uh, couple days later, she calls me back. She goes, all right, we're going to send them to a playoff game. Uh, six tickets, front row. Afterwards, going to go on the field, meet the players. And their goalie at the time was actually a pediatric cancer survivor. So it was oh, wow. like, it was, it, was, it was meant to be, you know. Yeah. So uh, that was cool. And I was all excited about it, you know. And <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool, you know. And then they went, and his mom was sending me pictures. And I'm like, this is incredible, you know. And I'm showing my wife. I'm like, hey, Kel, look at, you know. And she's like, she's like, 
babe, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, why don't you do that for everybody? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's a good call, babe. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking that. You know, yeah, <laughs> wink, wink, yeah. I'm glad I thought of that idea, babe, thanks. So from that point on is when we're like, okay, need to take it a step further. And we need to make this bigger. How are we going to do it? I don't know. But let's just try moving forward and keep that mindset. Go big or go home. Let's shoot for the stars. And What's the worst they can say, right? Right. Yeah. All they're going to say is no. You know, like in, we always we always say we're going to throw 100 darts at the wall. Let's see which one sticks. <laughs> you know, and if they say no, we move to the next one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I mean, that's how it goes. So, so from 2000, end of 2016 to 2018-ish, it was kind of in the beginning stages. I got an injury, which kind of messed things up. So I was off for a little bit, kind of messed things up a little bit there, took us off course. Now, at, but we kept getting kids, and we kept doing different things. So we went from just playing games to bringing gifts and bringing these prizes, you know, different, different kind of presents and stuff like that. And at Christmas time, we get the Christmas list, you know, and I'm looking at it, and, I mean, it's sad when you see some of these requests. You know, the kids are, you know, kids are smart. You know, they they, they know mom and dad are struggling, you know, because usually in those situations, you know, one of the parents have to stay home. Yeah. As you know, when you worked at Lurie's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know. And then, so that's half the income shot, all the bills, all the medical bills, all the transportation back and forth. It's hard. So looking at it, and I'm like, and the, the Christmas list was this little girl, sweetest little girl. So her Christmas list was a jacket, clothes for my elf on the shelf, and socks. This was her big Santa list. <laughs> you know, I looked at it, and it made me want to go home and beat my kids. <laughs> no, right, no, right, right, right. But when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, my Lord. I'm like... So I, I remember texting back and forth to mom, and, and the parents are so, they're so humbled, and, and they're, they never want to ask for too much, and, and, and they're just happy to be involved in something, you know, and they, they're very gracious, and, and I'm like, let's go bigger. Come on, dig deeper, dig deeper. What right, is she we, can, we can do more than socks. Right, what does she really <laughs> want, you know, and, and we're trying to, and, and uh, probably eight te text messages later, mom finally goes, okay, Barbie Dream House. You know, it was like 250 bucks or something. And then she gave me a couple more things. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Now we're talking. Yeah. All right, now we got it. <laughs> so we started getting those lists and started building up. Now, we didn't have our 501c3 yet. So everything was kind of funded through the firemen at the time. So it was our own personal checking accounts that were kind of funding it. And then different citizens that knew about it would say, hey, I'll sponsor a kid. For instance, uh, Pablo's mom, Eileen, after Pablo was all done and everything, she's like, I'd love to help out. Anything I could do, I'd like to sponsor a kid. So for a couple of years, she would take the whole gift list and get it for a kid, you know, which was incredible. So these things were, it was building up and it was kind of cool, you know, and it was as we were starting to get it. And we started doing 2018-ish, um, things started getting bigger and larger. And that's when I kind of, which is probably the day Ryan will regret, when I uh, had a talk with Ryan. So a little backstory with me and Ryan. Me and Ryan always did uh, fundraisers and always did different things like that. Our union fundraiser and uh, benefits, like benefits for my sister, uh, close family friend for him. Did those things. We worked well together. 
And, you know, Ryan's kind of like the yin to my yang. Well, Ryan, were you on before before Kurt here? Yeah, the department. We we got hired six months apart. So, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, who's got more time? Me. Yeah, okay. well, yeah there, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the old man over there, right? <laughs> it's six months or one day. Right. Yes, yeah. yes, you're absolutely right. Yep. You're absolutely right. I knew I should have knocked him off the list. <laughs> All right. So building from that, yeah, I had a conversation with Ryan. I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, we've always worked together well. We've done these fundraisers. Your heart's in the same place. Ryan is Ryan is an incredible asset to the to the whole program because what I'm not good at, Ryan excels at, and what Ryan's not good at, I excel at. And it's it's a very good team dynamic, you know. And so I needed to lean on him for a lot of things and things that are just out of my realm. Like I'm just I'm just a fireman and a construction worker, man. Like I'm like I'm not that smart, you know. So. So Ryan, Ryan has. Did he have know, to tell you what a hashtag was? Maybe, like that. maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, more or less. It's, yeah, this. It's like me and you. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're describing this relationship perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome. We know exactly where you're coming from. So I mean, so as we, you know, I kept, we, you know, had to talk with Ryan. Ryan's like, okay, you know, and he came out, came on board, and and then we started looking into like a five hundred one c three, you know, and again, we didn't. Neither of us knew anything about it. And we started like kind of digging into a 501c3 and then you look at a 501c3 and it's like all of these forms you have to fill out and me oh, i'll take care of it right i got it and i'd fill out these forms send it state of illinois will kick them back oh you didn't do this you didn't do that and every time you send them in you got like eight weeks in between and i'm like oh my lord what is doing wrong that sounds like our taxes <laughs> yes yeah. yeah yeah exactly so so and then at my, my, my side job, I'm a uh, union sprinkler fitter. I'm going, uh, I'm, at, I'm at another place of business, and and it was uh, it was actually, it was a charity I was working at, and I forgot the name of it, but I remember talking to the, the lady behind the desk, and I'm like, hey, uh, who set up your 501c3? You know, I wanted to get some pointers, and she's like, well, I did. And I'm like, okay, you want to set up mine? She's like, yeah, I could do that. It's going to cost $2,500. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Wow, you know, like that's a lot of gifts for twenty five hundred bucks. In my mind, I'm like, right. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I'm like, all right, we're we're gonna try to figure this out on our own again. You know, we're gonna push it off to the side and let's let's step away here. And it wasn't working. Um, so now we're getting to like right around Christmas time, and we all the lists are coming in, and I got a couple families in town that are like, yeah, we'll sponsor a kid. And as we pulled out the list you know we started looking at the gifts and i mean the gifts were incredible they were great things really will make kids you know make the kids year and that's what we wanted but i was at the moment of all of this money is gonna have to come funded from us we don't have a 501c3 we didn't have any kind of fundraising aside from those families that are helping out and it's like all right mortgage payment or gifts you know and <laughs> talking to ryan about it saying the same thing to ryan we started getting a couple other guys on board at the, at the department, and they're like, "Well, Kurt, we can help out a little bit." And I'm like, "Okay, that's all I can do." Too. So um, <laughs> we got to figure something out. So I remember sitting at the firehouse, and it was it was kind of like a dark time, you know. And I'm like, "I'm a man of faith," you know. So I'm like praying. I'm like, "I'm like God, is this what you want me to do? Like, I don't know what to do here. Like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm desperate, you know. I'm I'm ready to throw in the towel. Like, it's not taking off like I wanted it to, you know. And it's we just need the backing, and I can't help to think that 
me not being smart enough to figure out this 501c3 thing and was holding it up, you know, and I'm like, what do you want here? So I got home and I went to my wife. I'm like, do a post for me. Um, I, okay, so here, this is this is me being humiliated here. So I, I, I'll do a post. And it's like, and if you want to help out, send gifts. You know, <laughs> that's my post. And then I, I'm like, I show it to my wife. I'm like, what do you think of this? And then she just looks at me and smiles and just shakes her head. And she's like, I got it. So she'll do it and she'll type it, you know. And I look at it and I'm like, I like want to give her all my money. I'm like, I'm like, babe, this is awesome. Like, all right, so we're going to post this. You know, we just started our, our social media, you know. I'm like, all right. I posted it. Started being shared all over. Reached a reporter in South Carolina. That's how far it shared out. You know, I was like, holy cow. They reached out. They put it in the paper and all over the place. Then I get a phone call. And it was, uh, we we're celebrating Thanksgiving because we were on shift on Thanksgiving. So we were celebrating at my parents' house. And I get a call. My phone's blowing up now because of this being shared everywhere. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, I'm with family. I'll put the phone down, right? Put the phone down. And, and then there's one that says, call me, and puts his number. And it just was a different tone, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. This seems different. Like, I, I feel like I need to make this call, you know? <laughs> so I made the call, and it was loud in the background in my, at our place. And the guy starts talking, and he's like, yeah, 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 you know? And my, my kids... Uh, have a foundation, they want to help out, and all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like, my son's playing tomorrow, the party was on a Saturday, so his son's playing on Sunday, I start connecting the dots, uh -oh. and I'm like, oh, crap, I'm like, what was your name again, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and he's like, Mike Schofield, you know, Chief Schofield, of, he's Chief of Orland. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm talking to this guy like, dude, bro. <laughs> yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah. What's yeah. up, dude? I'm like, I'm so sorry, Chief. Uh, I'm like, I missed that you, that you were the chief at the beginning, you know. And he's like, yeah, my, my son's in the NFL. And him and his wife, you know, Kendall Coyne Schofield, they have a foundation. They want to help out. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. Like, really? Like, they know about this? You know, so I'm like, okay, yeah, give them my number. And we got the stuff, and we'll figure it out. So Kendall actually calls my phone a couple days later. The moment of awe of like having an Olympic gold medalist call your phone, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> are you sure you're calling for me right now? Like, like, are you sure? You know, it, it, I just, I, and I said that I'm like, I can't believe you just called my phone. You know, and I felt that was so awkward. It was so bad. And she's laughing. Greatest people in the world. So her and Michael came to the firehouse, um, brought all over these gifts and stuff like that. And Kendall actually comes up and says, uh, she was talking about the 501c3. She's like, hey, so where are you at with it? And what did you do? And I'm like, um, it's not really going too well. And she's like, well, my dad did all ours. He's a state's attorney, and he could take care of yours, and that's no problem. I'm like, okay, awesome. And she's like, and you know what? I'm going to take care of all the fees. So, I mean, for we didn't have anything. Like, bare bones, you know. And so that, when that happened, so that was like, that was a sign, you know. I was like, all right, this is... This is incredible. You know, these people are embracing this program. They got us our 501c3. And her dad is an incredible man. You know, he, if all the phone calls I made to him with all the stupid questions I gave him, I'm like, <laughs> but he was just a great guy, you know. And he's, he's like, yeah, Kurt, no problem, no problem. You know, and it's no big deal at all, you know. And I'm like, thank you for being understanding because I know these <laughs> questions are probably so bad, but I want to make sure we're not doing anything wrong. And 
going the right way and doing everything. And then, so Ryan, Kurt, you got you got your you got your five hundred one C kickback twice already by this time. Yes, and each time yes. it was like eight weeks, approximately eight yeah. weeks, Man, and and it's just I didn't rough. do this, I didn't do that, and it just it felt like. The 501c3, I, I talked about it so much. I'll never forget those numbers in my head because I've said 501c3 <laughs> to about 10,000 people. Like, somebody, please, lifeline. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. And well, can, can you explain the significance of having that uh, for a project like you guys? Like, why is that such a big thing for you guys? So with the 501c3, um, when you get donations, people can write it off on their taxes now. So it's it's regular nonprofit status. And when you have that, you can get, you know, you solicit donations from companies and stuff like that where they actually have a tax benefit to help you out. You know, there's there's a lot of companies out there, and they, they all want to help to a good cause, right? But when it comes down to it, they got to pay, they got to make sure, you know, they're in the black with all their numbers and everything like that, and you got to make sure everything's good for them. So when they do the donation, they get they get a little help on the taxes and, and it helps everybody out. You know, they're yeah. doing good. They're getting help. So it works all, all around. And then on top of that, the checking accounts, the bank accounts. And the main thing I wanted the 501c3 for is that everybody can see what's going on with it. You know, like I don't, Ryan and I always, ought, we want books fully open. Yeah, you, know, you just wanted to be transparent on what you guys were doing. Everything. Like, it was all about helping these kids. Right, right. Okay. And at what point, Ryan, were you like, just give me that. I'll do it. Uh, Did you ever get into that? <laughs> you know, I didn't. Because um, I, I think at the at that point, he was already talking to Kendall. And yeah. I was just like, dude, just ever do it. Just please <laughs> ever do it so this can please, be done. Please don't <laughs> ask me to yes. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get it done. Before we go too farther into charity, I, you guys listened to this, this podcast uh, before. Bring us back to how you guys... Both of you get, uh, got into the fire service. We'll start. We'll start with you, right? Yeah. Um, it was 2005. You started in 04, right? When we did three. paid on call. Oh, three. That's right, because you're old. That's right. Um, it's so, not because of my hairline. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was coming out of high school, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Right. So uh, my no, dad, no family on the job. Well, my dad, that's where the idea came from. He was uh, paid on call with Oak Forest in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, never made it a career. Um, back then, he um, ended up working for Coca-Cola, made a great career out of it, ended up starting his own business. So, you know, life took him in a different direction. Um, but he suggested it, and I was like, yeah, you know, maybe, you know. And uh, he knew the fire chief at the time from, you know, back when he was on, and uh, he just asked and wanted to know if there was a you know paid on call program or part-time program still uh, obviously he was out of the game for a little bit and uh you know he said yeah and i'm like you know what why not and i did it and i haven't looked back i got hired full-time in 2015 um you know right before right before this guy, handsome guy and uh <laughs> um, six months uh to be the exact yeah right <laughs> He, he reminds me every once in a while. Um, but no, it's, you know, I haven't looked back. It's, it's, it's been a great career so, so far. So they had paid on call and, and career guys there at, yeah. at the same time? Yeah, we still, we still do. It's part-time now. Uh, they work, yeah. 12, part-time guys work 12-hour shifts. Um, and then they just work in conjunction with us. So, uh, And just one firehouse? Uh, we have two. 
Two? Yeah. Okay. Engine truck? Uh, engine ambulance out of ours. Um, we work on the same shift, same station. And uh, out of the other station, there's an engine truck and an ambulance. But the uh, it's all jump companies, so yeah. we all hop back and forth. But so you can't get away from this guy then. No, like you're with them all the time, oh, well, every day, every <laughs> third day. That must have been the longest ride here then. <laughs> <laughs> like no, there's so, nothing to talk about because you guys uh, dude, are just we, we with each other all day long, right? But we still find a way. We talk the entire way up here, it's just about fire buddies and all kinds of. Uh, not stuff, me so. and Vince. We just I'd be looking out the window. <laughs> right. I'd have my AirPods in. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk to me right now. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, what about you, Kurt? Uh, uh, so I started, same thing, paid on call in 03. Um, my, my story's a little a little different. Uh, I was, uh, so me and my wife, like I said, we're overachievers when we were young. Um, <laughs> so we decided to have a child when we were uh, 18, 19 years old. We had our first kid. Um, it wasn't planned, but it was definitely a blessing. Um, so we were overachievers. We, we started young. Had our son Curtis, um, who is 22 now. So, uh, it, so had him, and then um, my uh, my daughter uh, Kara. We had uh, three years later. Uh, another kind of unplanned thing, but at that time I was doing odds and ends. You know, I was working at uh, a crane company. I was doing. Uh, I was running, help run my buddy's window washing business. You know, whatever you could do to make ends meet. My wife was like waitressing like seven days a week. We were working our tail off, you know, and just, just making things work, you know, it was kids having kids. And, right. And just, and they don't come with a handbook. I mean, they, they're not at all. Like, I have no idea, like, what we were doing, but. Do you have any idea what you're still doing now or no? No, but I fake it till I make it. There you, you know? go. So, <laughs> uh, so my daughter is an, is an infant, you know, and she's a baby at the time. And it's me and my wife and uh, one of her friends was there, but my daughter was sick. And she wasn't feeling well. And then she started having a seizure. And that was like the coming of Christ moment. Like, it's like, oh, my Lord, what do you do? You know, like, I had no previous background of medical knowledge. Nothing. No idea. She didn't either. She's freaking out. I'm thinking it's the end of the world. My my daughter's, you know, oh, my Lord, what's going to happen? I put her on. I laid her down put her on her side because I saw it in the movie, you know. (laughs) And I'm, like, talking to her. I'm, like, I'm, like, baby girl, look at me, baby girl. You know, my wife called 911 and. Ambulance shows up. Guys walked in, and were you in Oak Forest at this time? I lived in Oak Forest. Yeah. Okay. Guys walked in and just had confidence. Oh, we we know exactly what's going on. And, you know, it's probably a fever-induced seizure. You know, and take care of her. And all of a sudden, she's great. And transport to the hospital. And we're sitting there, and it's that moment. You know, like you're pitting your stomach. Oh man, that was horrible. You know, like and you felt so helpless. And I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I looked at my wife. I'm like, I have never been so helpless in my life. Like, like everything in we've ever gone to, I've never felt so helpless. And I'm like, I want to do what they just did. Like, I want to do that. And she's like, All right, okay, you should do it. You know. And I'm like, What do I do? You know, <laughs> like I have no idea what to do. You know, I'm like it's a great plan, but so uh, I went to actually went to the firehouse and hey, do you guys? How do you get into the career and and they were actually testing right then. And what they would do is take you on as a POC, paid on call firefighter, and then they'd send you to the academy. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. So I do that, went through the academy, you know, and it was all great. Paid on call, you make pennies. You know, you're not making a lot of money, but you're doing did, a job. Did you get a pager at the time? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's old school. The, motor, back then. the, <laughs> yes. the old yeah. Motorola pager. Yeah, that's yes. old school. The Minotaur. <laughs> I think the first one was a Minotaur two. I think I had. You know? I, I had a pager at one point in my career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I still got one. Yeah, I thought yeah, they took that away from you. No. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't beep as often now, but uh, okay. just in case, you never know. <laughs> yeah, no, so you, you had that pager and everything, and and, and responding to calls. Um, I was testing everywhere. You know, needed to find something. You know, I had a lot of a lot of decent jobs, and my wife was making great money as a waitress and all that stuff. But it wasn't a career. You know, none, none of it was a career. And I, I, my my goal was always to be a fireman, but I needed to provide for my family. So uh, I took every test and every thing I could of, you know, like for construction, for fire, for everything. And uh, the sprinkler fitters actually called me. And I'm like, okay. They, I'm like, what do you guys start at? You know, and they're like, okay, well, apprenticeship, you start at this, and then you get a raise here, you get a raise here, you get a raise here. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's great money, great benefits. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So when I did that, going through the apprenticeship and everything, I was with a really good company. Um a lot of work, you know, with some good journeymen, foremen and stuff. And, uh, you know, I was still paid on call, but you start moving away from it, you know, because it's like you're making good money, you're a lot of overtime, yeah. and, and you got to provide for your family. So I kind of moved away from it, even though it was always in my heart, you know. And so I, and, uh, the chief at the time's like, okay, everybody that's not a paramedic has to become a paramedic. And you have to be a paramedic by this date. And there was a lot of POCs that... Were you an EMT at this time? I was an EMT, okay. yes. And I'm like... And he's like... And there was a lot of guys that were kind of doing like what I was doing, you know, showing up on weekends and stuff like that. And uh, he's like, you need to become a paramedic by this day. And paramedic school is uh, it's a big deal, you know, and, and especially when you have a career and you... And you the, have no background. Right. It's, it's rough. Yeah, and, yeah. and I got three three kids uh at home i'm trying to support you know because when we had my third son you know yeah. so i'm like he was playing by the way um <laughs> so, uh, but they were all blessings so i'm just throwing it out there kids if you listen so uh um so as we're doing this um he's like you need to be and so you know I, i'm like there's no way how can i at the time i was running a high-rise downtown big high-rise big job a lot of responsibility and I'm like, there's just going to be, you know, you're there, you're there at, you know, four thirty, five in the morning. You're, you're sometimes you're staying way late. All, all the man hours, material, you're sending emails, you're ordering stuff. And it's like, how, how am I going to be able to go to paramedic school and still do this? I just didn't think it was in my cards. And frankly, I, I just didn't think it was going to happen at all. So then I, I remember uh, talking to a couple of career guys and they're like, Kurt, if you work that job, there's no way you're going to be able to do it. It's impossible. There's no way you're going to do it. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And I came home, and we were walking the baby. And I was telling my wife about it. I'm like, yeah, there's just probably no way of doing it. I guess it's not meant to be, you know? And she's like, you can do it. And I'm like, Cal, I can't do it. This is a year and a half of our life, and I'm never going to be home. You know, like, we're going to go. I'm going to go to school at night. I got to do clinicals. got to do ride time. I went to the school south of me because it was the only one at night class. So it was like a 45-minute commute. And then you had to do ride time down at the department down there. And I'm like... What, what school is it? Uh, it was St. Mary's. Uh, it was through like Kankakee Community College, but it was St. Mary's program, the paramedic program. So I'm like, there's 
that the, all the commuting and all that, then waking up and being out of the house at four in the morning, you know, there's no way, you know, and she's like, no, you got this. You can do this. And I'm like, damn it. Why did you say that? You know, there's now, seem, now my pride. Be, there seems to be an ongoing theme here. <laughs> yes, yes. Seems so your to be wife an took your theme. out yes, from you. Because I'm like, oh, if she thinks there's no way, you know, right. then. But now my wife just told me I could do it. Now if I don't, I'm a quitter. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I'm like, this is horrible. Well, that's a complete leap of faith because now you're making good money. Yeah. And you're, you know, that's a union job. Yeah. What year is this? Ooh. I don't even know how, how long I've been a paramedic. Twelve years, I think. Right. Well, well, I went in 2010, so maybe 2011. Yeah, it's probably about right. Yeah, which was still a, a at that point in time was like a rough time to be finishing paramedic school and testing for fire departments. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. Absolutely. It's only up until recently we're finding out guys are like, yeah, I took three tests. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. Three? Yeah. Right. Three. Okay. Right. 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 So, so I, I ended up doing it and it was, it was grueling. It was miserable, you know, trying to balance everything, but it worked out. You know, I had to dig deep and was able to do it. So then now I'm getting older, age things starting to come to the point, you know, and I've got my paramedic and I'm like, I tested for Oak for, uh, I was testing a couple of places. I, uh, so the, the city called me, um, I was supposed to get processed in the city, but my number was on the fire side for the city, which I thought for sure we were going to go to the city. We found a house in Mount Greenwood, and then there was uh, it was with Rom and Daly and Rom, right when Rom came in. Um, but then there was a, like a lawsuit, and they kept pushing us off and pushing us off. And then they're like, "Oh, by the way, we lost a lawsuit, and we're moving on to the next group." So I'm like, "Awesome, all right." <laughs> so guess that's not happening. So. <laughs> Uh, I tested for a couple of other towns, and you know how the testing process goes. You know, right. I remember going to these tests and then writing the writing the wrong answers. You know that I didn't know, writing them in the notebook, and then the next test you go to, you look at them and like, okay, I know the answer now. I know the answer, and you try to get better. So, so we we all been through this process, the four of us, um, and a lot of people out there listening uh, are fire service members, and but some of them aren't. When you start testing for fire departments. You know, a lot of times there there may be no requirements, but a lot of times there's requirements. You got to have your paramedic, then you have to have your CPAT, which is the physical agility test. And then when I was testing, and it sounds like you guys were testing all around the same time I was, it was like every weekend you needed to be at a test. And I remember my wife uh, would come home from work where, where she was working at the time, and I would have manila envelopes laid out all over the dining room table. And I would just have like all my certificates, and I'd all be like, the copies, and I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, all right, Warrenville needs this one, yeah. uh, Addison needs this one, and I would, yeah. or you know, I'm just saying arbitrarily these towns, but yeah. like I would walk around and like the dining room table and put all like the yeah. requirements of all the certificates and whatever else they needed around, and like when you're testing, that's what you're doing. So like, you know, you're working POC and at the trades, and I don't know what you were doing at the time when you were, you were doing POC. Were you doing anything else on the side? Or? Yeah, I was in the automotive world. Yeah, and then so you're doing all that, trying to make ends meet, and then you're paying to take these tests. You're paying to renew your CPAT, and you're just – and then you had to take hours out of your day filling out applications. So it was like the world's greatest competition, you know, yes. like – 
And there were guys, you would go to these tests and you would take the test and you're like, man, I fucking killed it. Yes. And then you'd walk out and you got like a 90%. And then you see like the same four names with 100% <laughs> yeah, on yeah. these entrance exams. And you're like, yeah. fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back Every then time. there was a hundred guys testing for two positions. Yeah. Yes. And like, oh, so in, around after like 2008 and uh, several years after you would walk into a test uh, and you know, you would go to town ABC and you're like, all right, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna take this test. It's cool town to work. In. And they're like, yeah, we just laid off two guys. And then you would, everybody would be looking at each other like, well, fuck this. And either some guys would, you know, half the guys would stay in that, the other half the guys would get up and walk out. Cause yeah. I'm not going to take some guy, try and take some guy's job who just got laid off, you yep. know? And then they're trying to tell you like, stay and take the test. Cause you never know what's going to happen. You're like, fuck you. Niles or, you know, Winneka's testing on Saturday yeah, too. Yeah. So right. I'm going to go, they didn't lay anybody off. I'm going to yeah. go test with them now. Yeah. You absolutely. know, so absolutely. You got to play, you got to play where the, and, here, and here you are, you got three kids. You got your uh, union job, you know, yep. and you're doing the POC thing, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm going for it. You yeah. Know? Well, he, yeah. he wasn't going to go for it. Uh, well, it was I, his wife. Okay, I take that back. I take that. Let's not give Kurt too much credit. No, no. I got to give her the credit. <laughs> like I said, there's a reoccurring theme, it seems. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was all Kelly, brother. Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, I give her the props. Um, so like she, I said, she it was gave a, you the green light to go for it, and you worked your ass off, and uh, you took O Force tests, and where'd you land on that? So that? I, I, I took, you know, so just to touch on your story, so you talk about that. I, there was a town, actually, one of the chapters of Project Fire Buddies is this town. Uh, I'm not going to say the town. Say the town. Name. We no, like to name I, names. I can't. I can't say the town. So is, all right, Cicero. Go ahead. So yeah, right now there was twenty. Uh, There's ten in your. There you have ten chapters. Name so. all the chapters. Twelve. 12 oh, chapters. you got twelve now. Twelve. Yeah. Okay. Name them, Vince. Name them. Name <laughs> names. All right, you watch his face while I say <laughs> Palos. That was it. That was it. <laughs> Number one. Number uno. Go ahead. All right, Palos. What's up? <laughs> So listen, we were going to call guys out on the uh, MDA who is not like, uh, okay, so we interviewed the MDA girl and uh, she said like Chicago just because of how big we are. And then like Arlington Heights came out like the Arlington Heights kicks ass. And then me and Corey got crazy. And we we're like, who doesn't kick ass? Yes, <laughs> yes, name, names. Yeah. Name, yeah, names on this podcast now. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, Slayer. That's, uh, that's awesome. So. I, there was, uh, I scored like a 90, 97 or something on the test. I'm like, I killed it. Went for the interview, and the, the fire marshal was actually one of the guys in the interview. And uh, he saw that I was a sprinkler fitter, you know, and he's all of a sudden this guy's asking me all the code questions. So my interview was educating him on fire sprinklers. <laughs> that was my interview. And I'm like, oh, this hey, is, brother. I got it. Yeah. I'm like, I hit it out of the park, you know, and I'm like, I got it. This is awesome. List came out. Nope, didn't make the top 10. Oof, 20, with a 97? Yeah, like 26 guys scored 100 Get on this test. Yeah. They had preference? Um, I have no idea what they had besides the answer sheet, but... Um, <laughs> well, I think I know what test they took, so yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was like, oh. So that, that, was, that, that deflated you a little bit. But So then I gave Oak Forest a shot. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the test. And uh, took the test, and... It was a shitty test. It was a brutal test. I, it was like a speed test and hurry up and answer all this stuff. And, and it was a test I never encountered. And, and it was walking out of there not confident at all. Like, all right, sprinkle fitter it is. Here we go. You know, <laughs> and not that it's bad trade. You know, it's a great, great career. You know, it's just my heart was towards the fireside. But then, uh, I don't know, what number were you? Seven. 
Seven? Okay. I think. So I was probably five, and you paid off the chief to skip to yourself? No, or, I just, no, I just right. did better on the interview. Yeah, <laughs> probably right. Probably right. I was probably too cocky in the interview. <laughs> um, but I, so if he was seven, then I was eight. So. Yeah, I think we're right back to back. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he had me by like a thousandth of a point, but <laughs> whatever. It was because it, point it was because they six liked his six months is six, still, six months. Yeah, they liked his hairline better than mine, so that's what <laughs> happened. When, when I was like deep into the testing, you know, uh, I had a, a friend of mine that I also was a, a part-time fireman with. And uh, the only reason he kept beating me because he spoke Spanish. And we would take, like, these tests, oh, and yeah. they would be like, and we'll give you half a point if you speak Spanish. And I'm like, motherfucker. No, you got <laughs> like, oh, this guy, yeah. he's got me every time. So. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, so it really worked out well that Ryan was hired when he was because the date I got hired, so, which is crazy. So the, the reason I got into the fire service was because of my daughter, right? Right. Having a seizure. The day that I got hired, my start date is on my daughter's birthday. Get oh. out. Yeah. So it's like, wow, you can't. I mean, that's not coincidence. You know, like that's crazy for yeah. that to happen. So you got your wife and God pushing you just like <laughs> yes, all yes, over the place. Yes, right, right, right. Well, I just keep it in neutral the whole time. So, right. so did your daughter just have a, a febrile seizure and nothing else came of it? Just, Everything was fine with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, everyone, you know, everyone always talks about, you know, the, Teenage daughters are tough and stuff like that. She's not. She's she's an well, angel. I mean, you gotta you gotta think about some intervention here because your daughter has one seizure. Yeah, yeah. Never has one ever again. Never again. And that kind of catapults you to where you are right now. And now you're helping uh, yeah. other people with uh, cancer and stuff like that. It's like kind of weird, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you make that connection cuz without a doubt, yeah. it's it's you got to you got to, you know, I mean, I guess God put you where you need to be, you know, yeah. it's that's what it is, you know. So, it's uh definitely honored and humbled by the whole experience, you know. I mean, it was miserable and grueling at times, but definitely rewarding. This is the best job in the world, you know, and and now with the fire buddy thing, it's yeah. even better. Yeah. So now you, you guys, you know, you went through your POC, you got hired career fireman. Uh, Ryan, tell us about your first fire. Uh, <laughs> were, you, were you a POC or did, I was did a you P get a fire when you were a POC? Yeah, the first, first in fire when I was a POC was a apartment building. Um, There's a YouTube video of it. There is a YouTube video <laughs> did, you, did you drive in for it or were you working at the time? Uh, no, I was working at the time because yeah. it, we were able to do night shift okay. at the time. So it was like 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. or something. Um and uh, I don't remember the time, but came in and um, it was a apartment fire. Um, in you town, were, at, were you on the in town? And you were on the engine? Yeah, yeah, we were on the engine, and uh, it was it was a good fire. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, like Kurt said, there's a YouTube video on it. Um, <laughs> Thirty-six unit apartment fire. That was arson. Yeah, really. Were you, was, on, were you on the pipe? No, uh, one of the one of the other guys was, and then uh, we um, I followed him up and eventually we were only in there for a short time the roof started uh oh, coming it was, in. That, it was that bad huh yeah and then they uh, all of a sudden we started hearing the air horns and you know that was it they pulled us out and so for those, sat on a hose line so what are the air horns for those who aren't uh in the fire service listening uh to evacuate the building okay. um so if in the event that you didn't hear anything on the radio um backup is to sound the air horn so you can get out but yeah and then other than that 
went outside, sat on a two and a half, and <laughs> just sat there and watched. Called it a day. <laughs> Called it a day. <laughs> what about you, Kurt? Same one. Same oh, you, one. Yeah. That was your first fire, too? Yeah, yeah so that Jeez. was... Uh, I Were was you guys, like, like high-fiving each other? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Fire. yeah we, we, like, took our shirt off and put baby oil on our chest. And, no, <laughs> Not like the, your shirt off like the guy in the hallway earlier? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. That was a little awkward. <laughs> that was very awkward. Yeah. He, he was huffing and puffing. He was. he was. I was wondering, what's going and on here? I think he could have kicked my ass. I mean, anybody could probably kick my ass, but, like... Oh, My money's on you all day. All right. You guys walk in and be like, what are we in for? Yeah. I thought these guys were... This I, is the way it goes. I, I, I thought these guys, I, like, okay, so, like, you know, I, here I am. I'm like, hey, I'm Steve. You know, come out in the studio. And then there's some shirtless guy walking down the hallway. I'm like, these fucking guys are going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're going to now. They're not call, like, I turned around. And I, like, looked at him. I'm like. You turned around. They were already taking their shirts off. Yeah. Yeah. We started arm wrestling and then whatever. <laughs> One thing to another. Now we're on the radio. Yeah. Maybe they know Waffles the fire dog. Oh, did oh, you get see, naked? Did you, did you where see what is, happened to Waffles? What, I, what happened? Where where did Waffles totally lose well, its so, uh, anal uh, gland? Uh, uh, right right I want to make sure it wasn't in my fridge. So for those of you in podcast land who have been listening, we're going to interject a little Waffles story. So Waffles was down at Fire College for like the whole (laughs) week going through like some really grueling training um, and like for like seven days or some shit like that. And uh, Nick's telling me and like, you know, everything went great. Waffles did awesome, blah, 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 blah. So for like a treat, he takes Waffles to the park. Uh, to play, you know, fetch, and he throws the ball, and the ball skips under the fence, and then Waffles runs full speed and gets the fuck its head stuck in a wrought iron fence. And now Nick Felber has no clue what he's going to (laughs) do with a dog, a fire rescue dog, with its head stuck in this fucking wrought iron fence. So he called 911. That's awesome. And the wonderful firefighters at Engine 30 30, showed up, and they used their ram tool to spread open the wrought iron fence, and Waffles was rescued. Unfortunately, (laughs) not unmaimed. Waffles had a small laceration on his head, but we wish Waffles good luck, speedy recovery. Speedy recovery, Waffles. And uh, way to fuck (laughs) it up. Way to fuck it up, Nick. Way to go. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So how how did you guys get the rock? Let's talk about that. All right, that you're skipping way ahead. But all right, all right, all right. The Rock. Um, I've been sitting it, on is, this. Does anybody uh, know who The Rock is? I mean, like, who's Wayne anybody, The has Rock? Any, yeah, has anybody ever are, heard are of you, him? Before? Are you joking? Yes. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Jericho. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, he's he's actually a good singer too. Fozzy, bro. Yeah. Listen, Fozzie, don't, even yeah. don't even get Mike Loretto in here. Yes, and we'll, yes. we'll do the whole wrestling thing. Right? That's awesome. It's on the website. I'm an avid wrestling fan. You guys should know this by now. Yes, I know. Awesome. <laughs> I know this. Yes. And I, so I was an avid wrestling fan when I was younger, you know, but then I kind of dwindled away probably because there's responsibilities with children and stuff. But Yeah, um, but I'm a 36-year-old man-child. So. Uh, dude, I, I look up to you <laughs> All because right. I wish I never got out of it. Like, like my, uh, but, like, my favorite all-time wrestler was, like, the Junkyard Dog, or, like, yeah. Ultimate yeah. Warrior, you know, the Hulk. and So I kind of got out of it a little bit. All right. How do we get to The Rock? How do you get to that? <laughs> Because let, let's preference this. So one of the things that you guys do for these kids is you have like these celebrities give them like send them these videos. Yes. And um, The Rock was one of them. You have Jack Black. Uh, uh, who's the guy from the Hawks that you had? Brent on? Sobel. Sobel. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, another Olympian, the uh, female. Um, Kendall Coyne. Kendall Coyne. Uh, yeah. 
there was a who else? So was we there? had Gail Gadot from yes. Wonder yeah. Woman. Yes, you had, had Wonder Dave, Woman on Dave there. Dave Bautista. What, you yeah. know yeah. what he does? Yeah. Yeah. Dave's man. Well, uh, we actually Dave Bautista's got the best entrance in all of professional wrestling. I've said he, it. He does. Yeah. <laughs> I've said he it. Does. Get I mad like at it. me. I don't care. I like it. I like <laughs> it. So uh, we also had Chris Pratt, but we couldn't share that video. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah we. Yeah, that was the one request that he wanted to keep it uh, between oh. him and the kid, and he felt it was more meaningful and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. It, it was pretty incredible because... So it, who reaches out to these guys? So I. that's my thing. So yeah. I, I... So. All right, so it's a long story, but, but <laughs> all right, so I guess... If only we had a podcast where we tell really long stories. Yeah, I know. This is, <laughs> you know I, I wish we could find one, but... All right. Ryan, you need another beer? Yeah, I'll take okay. one. Continue. All right, so as we were... Um, as everything, the, the word started spreading and everything was going good, uh, everybody knows somebody, and that's that's actually important, you know, for this podcast, you know, to spread the word, like... You'll, you never know, like, who knows the people that, you know, just hire up people or just a regular Joe that may know the right person at a company or whatever it may be. And that's that's how we get some of these sponsorships and stuff like that. So trying to – we had a young man, and it was, uh, it was definitely a, a tough situation. So th- this young man, it's heartbreaking. Um, Noah, Noah, sweet – Great family, sweet sweet kid. Um, so Noah was diagnosed with DIPG. So it's a rare form of brain cancer. Essentially, when you're diagnosed with DIPG, from everything that I read about it and learned from it, you have a 0% chance to live past a year. Horrible. Um, we heard about him. Uh, we were trying to reach out to the family, um, trying to get the family to reach out to us because we don't want to ever, you know, when you're getting that kind of news and, and they're putting in for the fight of their life. You know, they're, they're doing whatever they can and cherishing every moment. You know, I mean, it's such a beautiful family, too. Uh, so when he, um, he's, you know, we, we, we have him and trying to do the good things for him. And his dad calls and says, hey, you know, I heard about Project Fire Buddies, you know. And I'm like, awesome. So we, he, we talked with, you know, we tried to figure out what we can do for, for this young man. And essentially, we wanted to try. So he was... He was uh, seven years old when we first got him. And like I said, great family. We're a hardworking family. You know, he's got a sister and everything. And they were doing everything they can to make ends meet, build a great future for their family. His father was talking to me, and he's like, you know, he's like, I'll be honest, you know, there were so many things I couldn't do. And, And if you ever look back to, like, the first seven years of your kid's life, like, there's some moments that you're able to do what you wanted to do, but there's so many you miss because you just don't have the time, the money, and you're trying to, like, put things towards the house. And so now he had to change his whole mindset, you know, and it's like he's he's there and he's trying to give everything to his son, trying to do any kind of treatment, you know, throw everything they can. And uh, so I ta- start talking with the dad, you know, and what does he like? What does he want to do? And. You know, and I think, uh, you know, he never went to a Blackhawks game. You know, he liked watching the Blackhawks on TV. He was a Star Wars fan. Liked watching the Bulls on TV. Never went to the games. And I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do, you know. So so instead of just reaching out to them cold calling, like what I did with the Chicago Fire, uh, Chicago Fire took a little bit to get to me, a little bit of time, because they get emails all the time, you know, and it's, who's this Kurt DeGroote guy, you know. It's like, so... I started reaching out to some people that I know that know a lot of people, right? 
And my one boy, my my one buddy, he's uh, he's like one of the top forty lawyers in the country. His name's Rick Murphy. Great friend of mine, great man. He's just good family man. You know, Southsider. Like he's got that Midwest work ethic. Like just a great guy. But Rick is a very successful attorney. So he he's he rubs elbows with people that I I you know we don't normally see. You know, so it's uh, I called him up and I'm like I'm like hey Rick. This is a scenario. What trying to get this kid to a Hawks game or a Bulls game, you get any contacts for anything? He's like, "Oh, actually, you know, uh, I know Brent Sobel." He's like, "Hold on, let me find out. I'll call you back." Next thing you know, Brent Sobel calls my phone, <laughs> and that was that was another awkward moment. You know, you got you got Brent Sobel calling me, a 2010 Stanley Cup champ, and and I'm you know and and you stay focused now, you know, because now. You got a cause, you know. So it's like, okay, Brent, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. This is what I. This is the scenario. We're trying to do something for this young man. What can you do, you know? And and if there's any authentic people I've ever met in my life, Brent Sobel's a guy. Like, I mean, the guy is the most down to earth guy I've ever I've ever talked to. Like, so fast forward to now. Like, Brent's my best friend now. Like. He knocked Ryan out of the rankings. He knocked <laughs> Kelly out of the rankings. So, Dude, I know. right here. I Ryan, know. this is bullshit. I know. One Stanley fucking cup, yeah. and you fucking got knocked down a peg. That's bullshit. And I'm not even uh, a big hockey fan. That's the worst what? part about Don't it. Don't say yeah. that. Edit that out. I know, right? Edit yeah. that yeah. out. You You're the biggest out. hockey yeah. fan. So, um, but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, me, me and Solberg are cl- very close. He's, he's just a great guy. He's been to like family parties for me and for my kids and he's just a really good dude but not knowing him and asking for a favor and he's like yeah i can do this do that and then uh he hooked me up with uh his agent which was uh mike sanow he's a great dude he's just it, mike is the guy that knows a guy you know he's he's an actor he's an agent like he's involved in every very involved in veterans and he he just got his hands everywhere you know and then uh Started reaching out to them, so I'll, I'll before I get to the rock, I'll tell the story <laughs> about the Blackhawks. So <laughs> we got, um, so we we sent Noah and his family. And they got to go sit right on the glass, you know, the whole time for the game. Duncan Keith was their escort. Got to watch the game. Got to go to the locker room after the game, like just VIP treatment the whole way, which was incredible. Now go to another piggyback to another one. Um, my wife's uncle. Another great man. Uh, my wife's aunt and uncle are great people. Um, and her uncle was actually the CEO of Wrigley. He's retired now, but he was like another guy that rubs elbows with the right people. But you talking to him, he's like T-shirt and jeans, regular Joe, like great guy, like just caring and just big family guy. Reached out to him because he's good buddies with Tony Kukoc, which... The Croatian wonder. Yes. Which... which it's pretty cool. So I re- reached out to him, and uh, and then uh, her uncle is also friends with a gentleman named Bruno, who owns a couple of restaurants, one right by the United Center. So they uh, told them the situation, and anybody you tell this this story to, you know, like what this kid was dealt with, they're like, we got to do something, you know. So Tony was actually hooked us up to where the Noah's favorite player was Zach Levine. So Tony hooked it up to where Noah and his family went to the game. 
They had great seats. Before the game, Noah got to warm up with Zach Levine. Yeah, and then Zach actually gave him his own jersey, had Noah, his name on the back. Like, the family got to go on the floor. They were sitting on the Bulls bench. Like, incredible stuff. They brought his flag, like Noah Strong, you know, a flag, and took a picture with Tony and, and Zach, and just an incredible thing. And the way what, what her uncle did, because, I mean, the, so you think that would be enough, right? Like, so what he did was he, he reached out to his partner, Bruno, Man, I wish I remembered the restaurant. Do you remember the restaurant name? I'll get to it. I'll come back to it. But the restaurant, so he set it up to where the family went out to eat beforehand. And um, so and he's like, well, how are they going to get out there? So then he hooked up. So he's got a driver, her her uncle, for like when they do business things and stuff like that. And, and his name's Paris. Great guy. So she, he hooked up for Paris to come. And Paris... Picked up the family and the, like the Escalade, like it's not a limo, but like the, the SUV yeah, travel, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I picked them up, picked up the whole family, brought them to this restaurant right by. Uh, the, uh, God, I wish I knew the name. We'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah, it's driving me nuts. But okay, so they bring them to the restaurant. They sit down for the restaurant and they hand out the menus. It's one of those fancy places where they get a new menu like every day and it's on that fancy paper, you know. And there's no prices on the menu. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I tell my those. wife, I said, anytime we go, like, you know, you're yes. walking around, you're like, oh, let's go to this place. I'm like, there's no prices on the menu. <laughs> We're not going here. Yeah, or that dreaded market price. Yeah. Do they yeah. serve, <laughs> yeah, do they serve Miller Lite? Yes, <laughs> right, right. That's the question. Yeah. yeah. So they get the menus and then the menu, it says, uh, the name of the restaurant welcomes Nola Heilig, which oh. is which was unbelievable, you know, like that's something that they do for a celebrity. And they did this, you know, it was printed on all the menus for the day and it was it was a cool, cool situation, you know, it was in Paris, waited out there, let them eat, they got to order whatever they want, eat whatever they wanted, took them to the game and then you got to experience all that. So then, um, whew, this is where it gets a little tough. So so we, we, we did a lot of, couple other things with Noah. He was a huge our Star Wars fan. So we uh, reached out to the 501st Legion, uh, the Midwest Garrison. So if you're not familiar, if you're not a big Star Wars nerd like I am, um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But uh, so the 501st is like, uh, they have like costume grade, I mean like a movie grade like costumes. And they, they, they try to do good things for kids. They go to the children's hospital when COVID's not a thing, you know, stuff like that. I'm very familiar with these guys. I actually worked with two guys. Oh, really? As a POC who also did the Star Wars thing. Really? Yeah, and they would tell us all the time about all the stories about them going to children's or whatever, and they were, like, full-blown fucking stormtrooper. Yes. Like, <laughs> at, like, out of control. Like, you're you're like, is this guy going to shoot me with a blaster? Like, yes. <laughs> legit, real-looking. Real stuff. Yeah, like, real man. stuff. And I actually heard that some of them, like, when, they, when they're looking for fill-ins for the movies and stuff, that they'll take the stormtroopers. They go in and are the stormtroopers. Yeah. That's, that's where the grade is, you know, and it's... It's awesome. Um, I'm actually an honorary member of the 501st now. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was a cool thing. They gave me a plaque. It was it was a that was a huge honor in that one. But um, um, so they we, we set up for them to uh, go to Noah's house. Um, you know, kind of go there for some pictures, and they had Vader and Chewbacca and Boba Fett and all the things. You know, it was it was just it was a really cool thing, and we tried to do for uh, Noah. Um, so then. 
as people, the word starts spreading and people, and it starts spreading and spreading, we were, I was uh, contacted by a movie producer. And the movie producer said, I love what you're doing. Everything's going, you know, it looks great what you're doing. I'm going to give you all my contacts in Hollywood. These are the contacts that I use when I need to get a hold of an agent, publicist, stuff like that. My only uh, stipulation is only use it for the charity, you know, and I'm like, okay, no problem. My kids tried already. Like, my daughter's like, <laughs> I'm a big Sean Mendes fan. Um, and I'm like, doesn't work that way, Kara. Sorry. Can't do that. Uh, so they gave me all the contacts. But the contacts are, you know, some of the numbers are current. A lot of the emails are current and stuff like that. But, again, I'm, I'm sending an email. You know, I mean, just how you guys are with your own email. I know how I am, at least. You know, and, like, I'll get 30 of them and, you know, you know like, not with the fire buddy stuff, but, like, my personal email, like, it's like, Okay, there's a sale at Kohl's again. Okay, great. You know, and, and you're just kind of rifling through, which is my way that these celebrities, I'm sure they get, you know, their agents, their publicists, the celebrities themselves, they probably get thousands of. So um, for the one young man, so we reached out to basically everybody, all his favorite movies, all his favorite movies and stuff. And, you know, he was a huge Jumanji fan. He was a huge Avengers fan and. And we probably we probably sent out like thirty emails, and again throw a hundred darts at the wall. Let's see what happens. <laughs> sticks, you know. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know what was gonna happen with it. And so we got that sent out the emails, and then one of the first to respond. And I was at the firehouse when it happened. You know, Ryan was there, and it was the Rock's agent. And they're like, "All right, we're gonna talk to Dwayne. This is seems like something he may want to be a part of, and uh, we'll let you know." And I'm like, oh, my Lord, they actually responded back? Like, are you kidding me? You know, so in the meantime, we got a couple shifts, and then they respond back again, and they have all of my personal information. They're like, so just making sure you live here, the young man lives here. Like, they did full background checks, which, sure, like, they, they need to do that. I uh, did all that, and then you're like, well, I'm going to tie in Dwayne in on this. And so he's in the, the email forum, you know, with us together, you know, and, and – and he has like a team. It's called Team Rock. You know this whole group. We go back and forth, and uh, he's like, he's like, Kurt, why did you start this? What what was your driving force? You know, and it was like, I can't believe the Rock is asking me like, <laughs> like this is incredible. And every time I make a statement, I'm like, and feel free to call, and I put my phone number, and feel free to call and put my phone number. I probably put my phone number there probably about thirty six times. I didn't get a call though, so that was unfortunate. But but. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he, he's just, he's like, you got my full support, love what you're doing. Um, and then it was like 10 minutes radio silence, and then the video came. And I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe that. So he rock. made the video for Noah and he sent it to you? Not for Noah, it was for another young man. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm kind of bouncing stories no, no, around, no, no, no. but but we, we, we got a lot of different things here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it was for Liam, it was actually Liam beat cancer. And and so then he uh, they sent it to uh, my email and that's how we get the rock and then that's how we have every other one. See the one thing that I don't know why it bothers me, but people are always like, oh yeah, you paid for those cameos, you know? Right. And, and I'm like, no, you can't get the rock. You can't get Jack. He did Lack. that out of the kindness of his heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. did he actually send you the tequila? He said that he was going to send you in that video. Unfortunately, no. Oh, you know what, Rock. Yeah. Hey, listen, Dwayne. <laughs> yes, I know you're a regular Dwayne. on the show. So right. Right. Listen, we know, we know you're listening. Look, half the Blackhawks, the Cubs, the Sox, they all listen. Half the WWE. 
Dwayne, you owe this guy a little tequila. <laughs> Set yes. it out. Yes. If Mike Loretto is listening out there, call up Dwayne. Let him know. Yeah. It, uh, you have the other. You have other celebrities, and these guys are just doing this out of the kindness of their heart. Without and a doubt, I, I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. this isn't this isn't a short video either. He's no, like, yeah, he's like letting them know that he's his fan. He's, <laughs> like, he's literally his biggest fan, yeah. which is literally the biggest. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, he definitely is. I think his biceps are the size of my head. My head's huge, so <laughs> it's. Uh, it was it's pretty incredible you know well l- let people know how they can support you guys how and i wanted to make sure that we let people know that you guys are 100 percent volunteer yeah and that some of the things you do is just literally going out and sitting with a kid talking with a kid reading a book yeah something like that so when you know we're asking people to help you guys it's not a hundred percent financial like volunteer some time be with these guys when they go to these houses and play checkers with these guys read a book with these guys especially if you're a fireman yeah and if you're listen if you're at home and you're a fireman and you're single and you ain't got nothing else going on (laughs) project fire buddies project fire so let people know how they can volunteer how they can help you guys and how they can support your uh, project here uh so i mean you can always go to the website which is uh projectfirebuddies.org which ryan set up all on his own because that's his expertise yes (laughs) uh social media facebook instagram we have a twitter but i don't like twitter and i don't know how to do (laughs) Twitter. we don't we don't like our twitter either so (laughs) so it's facebook and instagram project fire buddies obviously um that's the best way to reach out that's the best way to follow us if, if you can't, you know, I mean, obviously, time, other departments, we're constantly taking on other chapters. We're at 12 chapters now. So how does that work? How, how if, if, like, you know, uh, I know, well, we got a hold of you through Josh Hill. Yeah, Josh, Josh, Josh actually was, I, I knew Josh when I was, when I first got into the fire service. Josh was that funny guy, like hilarious at the department. He did the great impersonations. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, jo- Josh. Oh. Let me write that down. Thank you for that down. little bit of information. Josh, Josh, <laughs> hilarious. Like, you know, just he was he was young in his career, too. Just beginning, you know, he started out at the POC at Oak Forest. But I'll never forget, like, we had, like, these puppets for Pub Ed. And the impersonations, <laughs> you would do different impersonations of different guys on the, on the, on the shift and stuff. And, I mean, they were to the T. I mean, they were perfect. <laughs> I still remember them to this day. Like, it's hilarious. Well, you know, one other thing, uh, before I forget, you you guys are also p- part of this uh, Amazon Smile program. Is mm-hmm. that still going on? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell me about that, Ryan? This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Dunning's Poorhouse, located at 7718 West Addison. Yeah, up on the city's northwest side in the Dunning neighborhood, um, they this place is just, it reminds me of home. It is your traditional neighborhood Chicago bar up on the northwest side. Um, they've got everything you can think of when it comes to local drafts. Um, they've got obviously your standard Miller Lite, great cocktails, the food's incredible. Um, I mean, and, and just the, the establishment itself, and how about it? Well, let me tell you what our uh, standard order when we go there uh, to eat with uh, the big group. Always two sheet pans of nachos. Their nachos are amazing. And they have this pasta dish there that is ridiculous. It is so good. Like, 
I just sit there, don't talk to anybody, just start pounding my, my pasta and having a glass of whiskey. I was and, just saying, I hear, good. I hear it pairs very well with whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, again, there's, I've never eaten a thing there that I've been disappointed with. That their food is just incredible. And again, to find great food along with someone who could who could uh, concoct a real nice cocktail or have great local drafts. I mean, it's hard to fight going to this place, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think their new advertising should be 10 good-looking girls and one, eh. <laughs> Dunning's Poorhouse, guys. Uh, again, 7718 West Addison. And uh, again, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Yelp. Go check them out, guys. Do the do the new tagline, Corey. <laughs> I, I can't do that. <laughs> Dunning's Poorhouse. Yeah. Um, so Amazon Smile, what they do is um, they set up this program where they, you sign up with them, right? You select a charity. We're registered on there. Um, and let's say you, you do that. Be, like if you're going to buy something, you do that ahead of time? Yes. Okay. Um, so you go to, I believe it's smile.amazon.com and you, um, you use your regular login for Amazon, select the charity that you want to support, Project Fire Buddies. And um, a percentage of every purchase goes towards our um, charity. And I believe it's point, point 0.5. I think it's, yeah, point oh 0.05 um, is what they, uh, what they donate, um, which is every little bit helps. Bezos can afford it. A- absolutely. So <laughs> I mean, won't even know that it's Bezo, gone. Bezos oh, yeah. leaving. Yeah, He's Bezo, leaving. If Bezos leaving? could step it up to 5%, just, <laughs> just for Project Firebodies, that'd be right. cool. Yeah. I mean, they've given, uh, I want to say it was over $200 million um, yeah. when the last fiscal year, I want to say it was. Um, I mean, which is a drop in, bu- in the bucket to that guy. But, sure. You know, he's it, taking he's his brother. Him. Well, he's taking yeah. his brother, who's a volunteer fireman, uh, to space with him. Really? You really? guys didn't see this? No. I'm the only one who watches the news. I saw he was going to space. Listen, I didn't know I, it was a fireman. You know what happens when you watch the news? You get fucking Project Fire Buddies on your podcast. <laughs> so, that's right. That's well, right. Watch the news, everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're one of these people, I, I'm not one of them, but everybody else I know, everything in their house comes from Amazon. Absolutely. And why not hit that button, Project Fire Buddies, make that your charity, and raise some more funds. So we got the Amazon, we have... The, the other good thing to do, which people always forget, even my family. Yeah, I know about you, all my siblings that don't <laughs> select it. Um, so what what the main thing to do is like, you know, on Facebook, they got the birthday fundraisers. Vince doesn't know about Facebook. You don't know about <laughs> Facebook, Vince? He's the one. I'm sure I, I do. Spelling errors and all kinds of... Well, yeah. I, I, I feel like you're along my long lost brother with yes. that. So. <laughs> When, when I type, it looks like a uh, first grader did it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so with Facebook, you can, you know, when your birthdays are like, do you want to select a charity? And you're like, hey, you know, so-and-so is raising funds for their, you can select Project Fire Buddies. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible, incredible way. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't cost know? anybody anything. Well, it does. Well, the people the, donate. The people that donate, yeah. Whatever. But, but, but it doesn't cost the person actually, you know, that that's running it. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I, if uh, if other fire departments wanna, cause all right, so talk to us about creating a F- Project Fire Buddies chapter. Okay, so how does that work? All right, so we, so just Ryan and I are here from our executive board. We have a phenomenal team, Project Fire Buddies. So we also have uh, Danny Maddie's uh, fireman with us. He's like our, uh, he he does a lot of our research development and stuff like that. He does a lot of our. 
you know, when we look at the patches and the different, the, the stickers, the decals, we have a lot of uh, PFB swag that we're trying to come up with just for fundraisers or different events to have and more things to give to the kids. Um, Danny is uh, incredible with that. He's great research. He's that's his key. So we got Danny on the, on board. We got uh, newly appointed Deputy Chief Gary Gasper. So he's more of our uh, Gary. We use Gary a lot for our department outreach. Um, you know, he's he's helped us out uh, scheduling things in towns. You know, where there wasn't a, a, a chapter yet, but we we're trying to get one in there. You know, and Gary's our union president. Well, he was. Up until Wednesday night. Up until he just became deputy chief. So yeah. now we got to kick him out. So, uh, <laughs> but but no. So I mean, but he's he's a guy that knows everybody in the fire service. You know, he's perfect for the job. And then Nick Smith is also our. Uh, he's more of our secretary, live guy that taking the notes and anytime we need something written up real quick. And he's he's real good with that. Uh, Jordan Stearns is our fundraiser. We have like a, it's called the PFB Duck Derby. Um, it's like one of those raffle things on Facebook makes you know we, we we make a lot of money from that from those raffles it's like with covid we couldn't do anything you know it was hard but we were still trying to deliver things so jordan got up and ran that and then uh matt timberg is like our video guy he's puts our videos together and everything and not to mention the other chapters so when we have the other chapters we have 12 chapters right now and we have uh the only thing we ask is for president vice president secretary and if they want more people and they, they can, can have, just contact you and say, I'd like so, to. So, yeah, we have a contact form on our website. So they'll fill out the contact form and they'll give us a little brief description of, hey, we're interested. What do we, what does it involve? You know, Ryan, and then, you know, Ryan, me and Ryan and I will get the emails. Ryan will fire off. Uh, we have a letter, you know, kind of like what's, what's it's expected to be a chapter. Yeah, just a general, general overview of what we, what we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he sends that forward, um, they take it. They take it to their their membership, and then also take it to their administration. We're interested in doing this. Can we move forward with it? And it's that simple, you know. We try to talk about when we have uh, when we have the, when we bring them on because everyone's always like funds, funds, funds. You know, like how do we do it? What's it going to cost us? That's administration's always number one thing, you know. Obviously, um, but it's also like the membership needs to know too. We try to keep everything on a net zero, so we have a general fund. So all of the money that's in the general fund helps out every fire buddy in the program. And that's the way we envisioned it from the start. We didn't want Oak Forest raises this much money, so it's just for the kids in Oak Forest. Or right. Tinley Park did this, and it's just for them. Or Orland did this. Because things happen, you know. We kind of we look forward. We had extensive talks at our board meetings, and we're like, what if a guy gets sick? You know, a guy gets sick, we'll say, out in Payless. Say they have five fire buddies. They need to concentrate their fundraising efforts on that guy, right, and his family, because it's, right. it's the brotherhood and the sisterhood of the fire service. We take care of our own, right? So let's take you take care of it. While you're taking care of it, the rest of us have it, and your fire buddy's not going to get lost in the in the shuffle, and we're going to take care of it from the general fund. Because if if that brother or sister gets sick, yeah, and you gave them the option, we're going to do a fundraiser for you or do a fundraiser for a sick kid. Yeah, you know what their answer is, right? You know, right. So absolutely, you t you kind of take that answer away from them uh -huh. by doing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and and it's the same. It's sometimes I don't want to say the town, but they they have a tough tough city that they deal with. You know, their their local is always fighting, and the fact that they have to 
you know, if they're in contract litigation or whatever it may be, hey, we got it. You know, like, we'll help out. We don't want the fire buddies to miss out. But put your best foot forward to raising funds in between, you know. Like, guys, the Oak Lawn Department, like, they, they did their union T-shirts and everything. And I got a couple events that I'll, I'll let you guys know in a little bit, but um, of different chapters doing different things. So as we bring them on, we have 12 now, and I think there's 22 kind of that reached out yeah. additional. Yeah, tw- uh, 22. 22, and, yeah. and um, they're, they're in the works of coming through, whether it comes through completely. I know a couple of them are different things, like they could just, they're, they're about to get a new chief, and different things are happening. But you guys are up for anybody opening a chapter, right? You, Without a doubt. The barrier for you guys? Correct. Absolutely. Correct, okay. because that's more families we can reach. It's more kids that can be helped. You know, when we started seeing the things, I mean, the side story. So, like, like we lost three fire buddies last year. Heartbreaking. Um, and the three fire buddies we lost, it, it's, it's, it tugs at you. It's tough. It's tough as you watch these families go through. But the one thing I never realized behind the whole program, when we're there and we hang out with the kids and the family, I never realized that we did this, but we, we offer comfort to the family. So all three of those on the, on the kids' last day, they, they actually called us to be there in their last moment. And it was, it's, it's an honor, you know, like to share that moment. Nah, I'm going to get choked up here. So I'm sorry. I apologize, but it's. I beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's tough. I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, it's. Um, to, to see that we, it's an honor for us to be there at those moments and to offer that comfort level. And, and like I said, at the beginning, I said, we're just a couple of laborers we're we're nothing special, but when you start to see this, you know, it, it shows that it's, 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 it's definitely something that's driven by God. It's something that's driven by our membership. It's something, you know, firemen are firemen. We're all tough, you know, and nothing bothers us, right? Arr. You know, but when you start to see this stuff and it's and you see the impact to it make, it's good. And, and and a little side story, I when I was talking about that resistance of this starting up, you have your old salty firemen, you know that nothing bothers them. You know they're miserable, they're crabby. You can't make them happy. And uh, sent them out on a project, uh, a fire buddy visit. You know, and uh, Mr. Grumpy. You know, I'm like, all right, this is uh, this is whatever. You know, and. Actually did well with the kid and everything was good and came back to the firehouse and he came up to me and he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm like, oh God, here it comes. You know, like, <laughs> here it comes. And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I've been turning on those lights and sirens for years. And every time I'm greeted with screams and tears and this and that, this is the first time that I turned those lights and sirens on and I was greeted with smiles. He's like... This is one of the best things I've ever seen. And I'm like, wow. You made that old you? salty guy happy, huh? Yeah, coming yeah. from you? I didn't know you were human. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Ryan, in case you're wondering. Oh, <laughs> naming names! <laughs> naming names! I love it. Get out of here, dude. All that six months of saltiness. Yeah, where right? He's waiting for you to come on. Well, I think we're at that point in the podcast, and now that Steve is a little bit liquored up, uh, we're missing Corey here. 
Corey's still got a cough, and he's typhoid Mary, I think. Corey's been tested for COVID more than any human being right. I've ever. Yeah. I think it's his wife. Yeah, I think he's just getting a port in his nose yeah. just so he can keep getting tested. Yeah. But, but uh, now that Steve uh, is liquored up, I want Steve to do this the Corey part where... Oh. So uh, in well, your, be- I feel in your best, <laughs> I feel honored because you and I, you got I, you and I do it what? like when we're talking on the phone. So I want you now that we're on the air to do your best Corey invitation and ask the Corey questions that, that he would normally <laughs> ask. <right>? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Hey, uh, you know, uh, what's up, Rye? Uh, what's up, K Dog? Uh, are you guys popped off now, or uh, are you guys? Uh, yeah, awesome. you know. So, what's the best jag, Rye, Rye Dog, that you seen at the firehouse? The best jag when you jag a guy. What's the best jag? Whatever you guys call it over there in Oak, uh, Oak, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Corey is gonna be so bad. Dude. <laughs> The one thing that comes to mind is, I mean, I guess it's kind of a jag. Um, <laughs> so one of the guys had a bunch of uh, firecrackers oh, laying I around. It. I love it already. <laughs> oh, my God. It was fantastic. So he first started off with putting them in people's shoes and uh, or taping them to the bottom of the soles. All right, right? All right. So he'd hop around. Nothing really happened with him. We were kind of disappointed. So this guy then decides to. There's nothing like a disappointing jag. Oh, yes, yes, it's right? such a letdown. But he made up for it because you amp, then it amps. Yes. It amps up after yes. that. He yes. made up for it though. All right. So he decides to put these firecrackers underneath the toilet seat in the stall. And these are the kind that you don't have to light. They're just. Uh, yeah. You just sit on them and. So okay. it's it's not like the, the not, not, not the little I did this, not, the, this not the snappers, but it's like the step up of the right. snappers. Yeah. We, we, I did this at a Northwest Side up. Tavern. I'm not allowed there anymore. And it, we, <laughs> actually, I think I was with Corey, and we <laughs> cracked the shit out of the toilet, the whole thing. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. So. I think, was he aiming for somebody specific or not really? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, he probably was. But go, he, yeah, yeah, he might yeah. have been. So he, he puts him into the, uh, you know, in the toilets. He puts one on each side. And there was a dude, our lieutenant at the time was in the shower. And oh, yeah. this one guy decides he, every morning he goes in there and he takes a shit. <laughs> every morning. He and does he, what, that's oh. what he does. So does same he stall? Hold on, same stall. hold on. Of course, this is you, can't, you can't switch stalls. No, you're never right. a switch hitter. I, it's yeah, just no. a sign stall every it's time. It's just a sign stall. Yes. Um, <laughs> does he announce that he's taking a number two? Uh, no, 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 not no, really. He no. just kind of walks in there and does no. this. Does I got thing, an officer so. that announces it. So no. yeah, I think the rest of us do. You know, yeah, yeah. I gotta take a shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Every time. I think it's like the warning. I think we hope that if we say it, the call won't come in at that time. <laughs> you know, and you or to throw... warn each other not to go in the bathroom. Right. Yes. Yeah, so or the fair warning. You know, so you don't have to throw half a roll of toilet paper in your butt and run out. You know? <laughs> Nothing is Nothing's great. Worse. Nothing is greater than poo talk on the podcast. Yeah, there's nothing worse Absolutely. than a monkey butt. Right. Like, go at it. So he's doing his business. He sits down, and all of us. I'm sitting in a. Were you in the laundry room when it happened? Or no? no, I wasn't. So I was sitting in a laundry room, and all of a sudden, I hear boom, boom, coming from the bathroom, and I was crying. I was laughing so hard, laying on the ground. And uh, our lieutenant at the time was in the shower. He had no idea what was going on. He. I mean, he kind of peeked in, which is kind of awkward because he had a drape open and everything. So, um, but uh, he, he goes, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, 
you know, like going, going like this to my ears, trying to make sure he plugs his ears because he, he knew about, because we were messing around with him the shit before. <laughs> and this was in the morning. So this ha- happened to be a guy coming on a shift. And uh, it he, he said it was so loud in the, in the bathroom, but that guy thought he may have blown off his, uh, <laughs> his man parts at, uh, <laughs> after that. It was, it was, it was quite funny. That, that, at least that's the most <laughs> recent one that came to mind. It was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. All right. So, K Dog. Yeah. Hey, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, chicken parmesan. Hey, forget about it. What's the best jag you ever seen? Uh, That's I, my think, Corey I think the most recent and probably uh, it's just another good one is these two guys are always at it. It's one of our part time guys with one of our career guys, John and. Uh, Same guy with uh, Johnny and Tommy. Firecrackers. Hey guys, uh, you know what? We're just going to talk a minute about this awesome beer we've been drinking from Illuminate Brew Works. Um, right now, I'm, I'm drinking Trust, and uh, this thing is its just a really good lager. Um, we're going, we're kind of running the gauntlet here. We got some uh, we got some awesome beer here, so we're just running through each one of them. Uh, I tried, Vince, you tried that Orange Sunshine too, right? Orange Sunshine is my new favorite summer beer, yeah. thanks to Brian at Illuminated Brew Works. If you guys are looking for an amazing craft beer, and you know, I'm not a big craft beer guy, and I was a little hesitant, and then when we started popping yeah. these things open, uh, it was like Christmas. Yeah, we, we've been firing pretty good on we, these things. We, <laughs> we, we've been going through these yeah. like so crazy. This bar Chicago's Bravest Stories is doing all right over here. Right, well, the Illuminated Brew Works beer has saved us from drinking all the whiskey that we have here because... Uh, We've been drinking more beer than we have whiskey. It might not even it. be whiskey guys anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, that Creeper one was pretty good too, right? Once Creeper was it. good. And we're fresh out of astronaut juice. In yeah, there. if we had astronaut juice, that is my top one uh, from these guys. If you're looking for an amazing craft beer, you can find it at Benny's Norwood Park Wine and Spirits Beer Temple, which is right down the street here from the studio. So if you're uh, picking up some Illuminated Brew Works at Beer Temple, stop in, have a drink with us. Bottle and cans, uh, Capones, Totos, and Ryan's, Rayans, R-A-Y-A-N-S. Yeah, these are all bars they're selling in. And uh, you guys would notice it for sure once you walk in because they've got some really cool artwork on each of their cans. Um, so, again, just, just look for the, the eye-popping uh, artwork that you're going to see, and they'll kind of lead you over it. Again, this is Illuminated Brew Works. Make sure to check out anything that they've made so far because everything I've tried has been awesome. Oh, it, it's really good. If you go to uh, that place, Wine Styles, at 6182 North Northwest Highway, you can pick it up. And coincidentally, that is right next door to where the new brew pub is going to be. Illuminated Brew Works is opening up a brew pub at 6186 North Northwest Highway. It's going to be amazing. The beer is amazing. And we are also asked to mention that the new Brony is coming back out. It's a double hop IPA. So for you IPA guys, the Brony is coming back. But the the beers that he has in stock right now are amazing. Uh, Illuminated Brew Works. Thanks, Brian, again for uh, you know keeping us in beer here. And you know when our guests come in and stuff like that, we give it to them as well. And we've heard nothing but great things from uh, our guests who've uh, walked out of here with a four pack of uh, Illuminated Brew Works. Thanks, guys. Again, make sure to check them out. Illuminated Brew Works.
Johnny and Tommy, and they're always <laughs> always at each other all the time, and they're always like one up each other. Like I mean, they're bad. Like they're they're brutal to each other, and, and it's pretty funny. And uh, so, and this is actually where my lieutenant actually stepped in. Is there? He's he's you know jagging them, and I guess it goes back to a friend's episode. But uh, the ones in the in the shower getting ready, and uh, he's in the shower. So the other one. Is like, uh, and he's, he was talking like he was going to do something, but he never did anything. But then my lieutenant went in and took all of the towels and took all of his clothes and took them out of the out of the bathroom. Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and he and he locks the other door so he can't go anywhere but on the bay floor, and he's have nothing to to do, you know. So he's got nothing to wear, nothing. So this Johnny then goes to Tommy's locker and grabs like all of his like blankets. <laughs> and wraps him like a diaper and it's warm out you know and he's on the bay floor and going like to the friends episode he's like doing the lunges you know and he's like can i be wearing any more clothes you know he's doing the lunges and, and you mean when was, joey put out all the chandler's clothes yes yeah. put them all on. yes <laughs> yes yes so i mean it reminded me of that and it, it was funny because it was really not them doing it to each other it was the lieutenant that was playing it and i think it was the funny thing is that my lieutenant was crying <laughs> and he's not the guy that laughs very often so to see him crying over it because he kind of worked his magic on it was pretty awesome oh, that guy's got a few stories yes yes there's he's, there's so many he, with them those two are hilarious yeah those it, two are just going at it huh all the time it, there was there was one where they were um we were same it happened to be a shower thing i don't know if it's a weird thing that they it's have together not, but you know what? so you say it's a shower thing and then i walk into this podcast and i feel like that guy was just walking out of the shower <laughs> as he's coming out with we no shirt on so i feel like home here. at one point i thought there was a vacuum going on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, whatever the, the point is yeah. firemen get naked a lot uh, for some reason yeah. it's totally weird ask kevin casey yeah yeah yes <laughs> kevin casey sprinkler for yeah, the legend yeah oh it's awesome well, anything else, Steve? What do you? No, uh, no I mean, uh, what you guys do uh, is near and dear to my heart. A lot of our listeners uh, are in the know. Some of them are are not in the know. Uh, you know, I kind of went away for almost a year, right, Vince? Yeah. Because uh, I had something going on with my family that's very similar to what you guys do uh, at Project Fire Buddies, and so. Uh, Kurt over here says, uh, oh, yeah, I'm honored to be on the podcast. And I was like, no, go fuck yourself, man. I'm honored <laughs> to have you. Because what you do, uh, it, it it's, encompasses the mission of the fire service. It really does, right? Yes. Save lives, save property. Um, but, man, kids, kids, you know, if you're out there as a listener and you're thinking, how can I get my fire department involved? And let's look. Even be selfish about it. How can we get some more PR? Um, what, whatever it may be. Dude, man, sick kids. It's crazy. Like, just get involved. Just get help, a hold of Project Fire Buddies. It, help the kids. Um, it, it's good for you. It's good for the department. You want to feel good about yourself? Man, go hand some kids some, some Christmas gifts. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I really, 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 truly appreciate what you guys do. Um uh, I, and I, you know, I'm going to speak for everybody here, Vince and, and uh, Corey, since he's not here. Um, but you guys have our backing and our support 110%. Thank you. Um, and we're going to do whatever we can do to support the mission. Um, I'm going to bully my friends over at the AFFI uh, to get involved. 
Please and, do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I said, if you're out there, your local wants to get involved, uh, and, you know, and help some kids. If you can't get a hold of Fire Buddies, get a hold of one of us. Yep. Start your chapter. Start your chapter with your uh, with your local, with your department. You know, reach out to these guys. Uh, let do something good. Uh, you guys, say, how how can somebody if somebody wants to donate? Yeah, so you can donate right on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a donate button. Um, I'll be honest. Um, a lot of people look for like that hundred dollar donation, that one time donation. We prefer the ten dollar monthly donation, uh, donation, because then we can set our budgets. That's the thing is like those reoccurring um, things when we when we set our budgets because there's there's nobody gets a salary here, you know, and and all of that money goes back to the families and everything, and the and then and that ten dollar donation, skip a coffee, you know, twice a week, and and it, it's there, you know, like and. All of it's going to these families and these kids. I mean, to tell you, I mean, in, the, in our short span, um, we've never made the announcement yet, but we were just talking about it. We have we've given it, whether it's in medical or gifts or monetary. Uh, we've in our short span, we've given over a hundred thousand dollars so far. I mean, in in just a short span. That's awesome. And it's not because of Kurt. It's not because of Ryan. It's because of the supporters. You know, I mean, it's it's. We believed in something, and they they believed with us, you know. And and that support when you share something on social media, when it reaches people, you know, and have a conversation with family, have a conversation with your boss. Like, there's so many things that can happen just by having a conversation because everyone knows someone. Look, and it's and, just reaching and, it out. Yeah, and if and if it's too difficult to to have that conversation with your boss, go to the union. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Go to the union. Do it yourself. Bosses only last a couple of years, you know. Uh, project Project Fire Buddies is forever. Yeah. yeah so uh, projectfirebuddies.org. dot org. Yes. yes. They got some sweet the, merch. The email is coming contact yes. coming at firebuddies, right? Contact at fire firebuddies dot org. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, any last words, guys? Uh, you know what? Actually, can I tell you about a couple of events we got coming up? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool, absolutely. man. Yeah. All right, let me pull them up here, just because uh, I'm old and my brain fails me. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So first off, we have coming up over uh, Tuesday, June 25th, from five to nine. Our Midlothian chapter is heading us up. Keith, uh, Keith over on uh, Midlothian. I think it's his brother-in-law that owns the Homer Creamery at 151st and Bell. So June 25th from 5 to 9, uh, 20% of all sales are going to go to Project Fire Buddies. Um, there's going to be firemen out there uh, scooping ice cream. There's gonna, they're going to have some T-shirts for sale out there, 20 bucks a shirt. Um, stop out there, say hi to Keith and his crew. He's doing a great job. Uh, we also got uh, Tommy out of New Lenox. So they, did, they have a, their third annual trap shoot Saturday, August 21st. So that's, Ooh, that's the, up your alley, Steve. Yeah, and let me tell you, I've been to the trap shoot, yeah. and it is, I, I want to cuss so bad. It is the one of the best fundraisers I've been to. Man. Yeah, awesome. I, I walked in there. I spent an entire case of shotgun shells. Awesome. Uh, I, I walked out of there with a gun. It was <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. yeah, that new Lennox one is a good time. Awesome. It is. So 10% of everything from their trap shoot and their gun raffle is going to Project Fire Buddy, so... It's uh, 
It's 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 an incredible and and so that's August twenty first, but that's it's it's humbling and honoring you know to have the all the unions back it up. Um, the way we look at it, we're firemen, we're the jack of all trades, right? I mean, the next thing that comes, like when COVID came up, all of a sudden we had to be professionals in it. We had to know everything about it, even though the higher ups didn't know anything about it, right? When the professionals don't know what to do. They call the fire department. Always. Yep. Always. Every Always. Time. I mean, when the police don't know what to do, they call the fire department. Well, that's the other thing I, I forgot to mention that in your, it's fire buddies, but you guys have police that are involved uh, with you guys too, right? So you, actually we have, a, in our town, we have uh, a great group of uh, police officers. You know, I know there's always that stigmatism of, you know, the blue against the red and stuff like that. Great guys. You know, the chief, uh, Jason Reed, it was a couple years older than me in high school. So I've known Jason forever. Um, he's actively embraced everything with it. So, like when we do our deliveries, like it's a big show. You know, we yeah. got we got Star Wars vehicles coming on our deliveries, <laughs> and then we have all the rigs, all the rigs in town. We we try to empty it out. The chiefs come, and then the cops. So as we do, like this last one, we did nine stops, mm-hmm. and actually Sopel was in the engine with us. Really, it was yeah. pretty cool. So so he was joining us, and he was signing autographs and meeting all the families and everything, and. Um, our, our cops were incredible. They they blocked all the streets and just very supportive of the whole program. Um, we started doing like a trick or treat thing um, for one of our fire buddies that passed away. Uh, I can't another story, Kurt. God, uh, sorry, <laughs> but but our, our fire buddy, you know, said, Julie, listen, if you make me cry again, no, Julie, <laughs> Julietta, Julietta was one of our uh, one of our first fire buddies, and uh, unfortunately, she uh, was re-diagnosed with cancer. Um, she beat her first battle and got re-diagnosed, and uh, she, unfortunately, she passed away. She's a great kid, um, great family. But I remember calling, and you know, we keep the update. We shoot texts to the families. Hey, what's what's so and so going to be for Halloween? What are they doing and stuff like that? And uh, Julietta, you know, I, I asked, and Mom's like, "Well, she can't trick or treat. Uh, her numbers aren't good." And and for whatever reason, that was like heartbreaking to me. You know, like I mean, it's that's a big event in a kid's life. You know, like. I remember I was this costume, that costume, you know, and and she couldn't go out, you know, she couldn't trick or treat, and so I'm, and it was it was very minimal, but so we went to the store and we got a whole bunch of candy, we filled bags up, we reached out to the police, we reached out to the chiefs, the the police chiefs, the fire chiefs, we got everybody on duty, all to show up. We lined the entire street. And we did a reverse trick-or-treating. So we went to her house and brought her candy <laughs> and knocked on the door. Like, she was trick-or-treating, but she got the knock on the door like it was her own door, like she was going door-to-door. And it was a, a different cop or a different firefighter, and it was it was a cool thing. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to explain to the to different departments. Like, that was, that was $40 in candy. Like, the memory she has is priceless, you know, and just for a little bit of time... It's it's like you change these lives, and let's be honest. Like I was going, I was rambling before, but what do firemen do? It's we do everything, right? We we we're called to different situations all the time. We got to be the jack of all trades. We're fix, we, we're fixers. We're fixers we're all fixers. the time, and and when we look at different things with charities for the fire department, so MDA is something that's associated. Burn camp, both of them, great things. Do great things. You know, burn cap's a great thing. MDA's a great thing. 
but it's like those those things are usually one time a year, you know. And it's like you can be involved with these kids' lives and actually change them in your community, which is exponentially like the the payback for yourself. Like it's like self therapy for yourself, you know. Like to see those smiles and those are wins, you know. Like it, it's good. We don't get many wins in this job, you know. And to get those wins, it's 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 a cool cool experience. And and when I talk to administration, like different chapters get on board and I've had talked to chiefs or anything and I explained to them and I'm like the police everybody sees them patrolling we're the fire department we don't patrol so the only time people know us is if they've actually called 911 which unless you're a regular people don't think all we do is sleep right like, even though that's not we're running calls non-stop we're missing sleep we're we're crabby we're 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 going non-stop we're training we're doing this and but but the public's view of us is they don't see us so they think that we're just sitting around sleeping when that's not the fact you know oak forest is a is more of a quiet community but i mean we average 12 calls a day you know and it's like those 12 calls a day means that there's some days where there's 26 calls you know and it's like non-stop going and it's and and people don't see that though because they're not the ones calling 911 if you got forty thousand people in town 26 calls you know, the law of averages, you're probably not seeing them. You, right. know, you, you maybe hear something and you're like, oh, I, I can't, they don't even pay attention to it. When you're out there doing these things, people in the community see it. And when it comes down to tax time and to, to taxes getting raised because they need a new fire truck or we need more manpower because we're low on manpower and we're worried about the safety of our crew. Perpetually low on manpower. Always, yeah. always. It, it's miserable, you know, and, and, and so... When, when when you go to the public, and I don't blame the public. I'm a taxpayer too, you know, you guys are all taxpayers. If you don't see it, you're like, why do you need more manpower? All you guys do is sit around. But if you're out in the community going above and beyond, like that sells itself. You know, like it's like, you know what? They're doing everything they can on a 911 call. But on top of doing that, they're doing above and beyond for the most vulnerable in our neighborhood. And these guys are there. These guys and gals are there, you know, like... Why wouldn't you? You know, and it's it and it's it's minimal effort. The probably the toughest thing with starting a chapter is what you decide to do with fundraising. And when I say toughest, meaning it's whatever you come up with. You know, like when when our Oklahoma crew did a, a, a t-shirt fundraiser, one of the guys you know ran it mostly on his own. But that's grueling work to to do a t-shirt fundraiser because you get two hundred shirts and you're like, okay, this one wanted this size and. I'm trying to deliver this and stop at the firehouse for that. Yeah, doing t-shirts, period, for anything. I don't care it's if it's tough. a firehouse, fundraiser, podcast, oh, yeah. dealing with Vince. It's <laughs> the worst. Oh, that it's is tough. the worst. That yeah. is the worst. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for uh, hopefully we're helping you out with uh, getting the word out that you guys are out there. It's an honor to be here. I'm oh, going to be honest, man. Dude, I'm stop it. Stop no, it. It we're really gonna, is. It, you know yeah. what? The honor is going to be when we uh, have a glass of whiskey when we turn these things off. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Ryan, anything you want to add? No. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure Kurt hit it all. Um, Do you Kurt, want me to say anything? I don't think I've talked yet. Kurt, <laughs> <laughs> Kurt likes to talk a lot. I know. I'm sorry. That's, that's, where, that's the yin and the yang. I don't mind talking. <laughs> Ryan's more of the quiet guy and behind the scenes. He's... Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, we're appreciative that you guys um, had us on, obviously. You know, we want to get the word out. Um, you know, you guys have a, you know, have a big audience, so this is going to help. Um, you know, if you're listening, um, you know, you're a firefighter somewhere, I mean, you want to get a chapter going, please reach out to us. Um, I, you know, it's not, like Kurt said before, it's not about us. You know, it's about every kid that we, you know, that we're able to help. And, um, you know, 
just please reach out to us if you want to set up a uh, you know a chapter so we can help more more children. And uh, if you want to donate, please, please, please go on the website, donate. Um, like our Facebook page. That also helps spread the word. Um, you'd be shocked at how many tens of thousands of people end up reacting to our Facebook posts, um, depending on how many people share them. So, um, you know, that's important as well. But, you know, other than that, you know, just wanted to thank you guys for having us up. And, um, you know, this is awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have you guys back. And we're planning a party. We're planning a party. We're planning a party. So if, um, you know, we're going to add you guys to the guest list. Uh, awesome. We want awesome. you guys to show up there, and we'll try to raise some more uh, funds for you guys. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that was Project Fire Buddies uh, with Kurt and uh, Ryan. Thanks again, fellas. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you, guys. guys. It's an honor. There are a lot of people that said, that Edgewater Hospital, something's going on up there. It didn't take me long to see how they were preying on all these people. They were preying upon elderly, frail, poor people. They were picking up patients and offering them cigarettes. It just got to be too odd. There's some people that they're putting in the hospital that aren't sick that have never been sick. Edgewater was having doctors tell people who didn't need angioplasties that they needed angioplasties. He had patients. They were just putting through a mill there. People had these incredibly complicated, invasive procedures done to them inside. It's just so shocking to me. Four physicians brought the goddamn hospital down to the ground. When you have a group of bad apples, you start pulling in good apples and making them bad. There was greed and poor judgment that really muddied the legacy of a great hospital. The complete series of If the Walls Could Talk is now available. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.